Welcome to our podcast, Forward Through Faith, a Vizleta Lutheran Mission Human Care, where the Word of God relates to you. Welcome back to another episode of Forward Through Faith from here at Yisleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso, Texas. We're glad that you're here. I'm Scott Yingle, and... My name is Luz Soto. It's such a joy to be with you guys here again. This is our third episode, and even more exciting, we have a guest all the way from Virginia Beach, Virginia, with us today. Say hello to Pastor Luther Allen. Good afternoon. This is Pastor Luther Allen III uh, coming to you. Uh, out of First Lone Haven Baptist Church in the city of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, came by to East Love Youth Lutheran Mission to see how God is moving here and the mighty work that they're doing. And love to have this opportunity to share uh, on this podcast with them as we look at God's Word. Today we are going to continue our discussion of what is the kingdom of God. And today we're going to begin with looking at the parables that Jesus taught to help us to help the people in Bible times, but also the people in 21st century America and the world to understand what is the kingdom of God and what does that have to do with me. And today the parable is the parable of the sower. It's recorded in Matthew 13 verses 3 through 9 and Jesus goes on to explain the meaning of the parable to his disciples and to you and I in verses 18 through 23. So let's let's begin, maybe we'll begin with a word of prayer. Uh, Pastor, put you on the spot. Would you like to pray for our, our message today? And then Luce, you can start with the scripture. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come together saying thank you. We bless you for this opportunity to look at your word. Father, we might know deeper what it means to be the kingdom of God. We pray for clarity and understanding. We pray, oh God, that all those who will hear this will be blessed by the experience. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Use us any way you want to, and we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pastor Allen. So we are going to be starting with one of the parables of the kingdom of God, and this is known as the parable of the sower. It's probably a somewhat familiar parable to many of you uh, who have at least heard it in one way or another at some form as a child or as a grown-up in the one time or the multiple times that you visit a church. So this is found in chapter 13. We're going to read uh, the parable, which is uh, 3 to 9. And then I'm going to follow with the explanation that Jesus gives, which is verses 18 to 23. So the parable and the words of Jesus read like this. Then he, that is Jesus, told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. 
Further down this same chapter, Jesus then explains to his disciples um, what this parable meant. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. But when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, make it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Thank you, Luce. Well, Pastor, would you like to jump in there and see what, how this parable applies to us today? Well, it's interesting as we look at the parable that Jesus kind of gives us some common conditions of life uh, as it relates to, to faith. Uh, oftentimes in the church or in evangelism and ministry, we're giving out the word, but so often in terms of preaching or teaching, people's uh, perception is kind of uh, mitigated by everything they're experiencing. They're going through challenges, they're going through difficulties, there are things that they're dealing with. And, uh, and although we understand the word to be powerful, the word to have the capacity to really impact people, uh, when things are in the way, when ideas and conflicts, when uh, life troubles get in the way, it can be challenging for that to actually filter into our hearts and make the difference that, uh, that the Jesus word can make uh, in people's lives. That, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, life happens, and it, it can muddy the message of God. We've we got all these things coming at us in life, and the Word of God is just one of those things. Our, our lives are cluttered with things. I mean, just look at our, look at our emails, look at our text messages, you know. Um, so many things that we have to try to process and try to prioritize, and yeah, I, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. The explanation that Jesus gives of this parable talks about what seems to be different men, different soils. But one of the things that um, understanding this in a very literal sense, um, for example, here Pastor Allen is a, a field ready to give out crop and Scott over there is full of rocks and Luce over here is along the path and she gets nothing. Um, that's actually something that I had uh, started thinking about. That particular mindset puts you in a position where you start judging people and you start seeing, well, it's because you see the fruits of, of their life, the way that they live their life, even though they say that they believe and they've heard the word of God, but they don't live it, and then they must be, they must be a, a path full of rocks or it must be all thorns. But the truth is, is that all of these soils are within me. They are parts in my life where the word of God does not take root because those parts of my life are hard. And there are other parts of my life where I yield fruit through the power of the word, through the work of the Holy Spirit and not by my own doing. I 
have nothing to do with it. It is the word of God that does those changes. And it is important to always recall that the word of God, which is described as a two-edged sword, is not meant to attack and cut others. It's meant to be able to look at ourselves and see where within ourselves we are still setting up shrines for our own little gods and where we need to cleanse the temple within us so that the only one who belongs there resides alone. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, he doesn't need roommates within you. He already, sorry, three in one, there's no need for a fourth. And he's complete in himself, and when he resides within you, he is complete within you. He doesn't need you to add on um, money as, as a roommate or to add on uh, physical beauty or any other one of our little gods that we sometimes cause those words of God to not take root, to not bear fruit. It's, uh, you know, as you look at this, uh, this parable, and we began reading it at verse 3, uh, but the first two verses of chapter 13 really set the context for the parable. It says, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him, so he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And so uh, Jesus is looking at a, at, a, at a huge crowd of people, and so obviously this crowd is diverse, but the thing about crowds, not only are crowds diverse, but, but crowds are diverse by virtue of the motivations of those who have come. This is a huge group of people who have come to hear from Jesus. And the reality is they're not all there for the same reason. Uh, and this is kind of what the parable sort of alludes to. It's the idea that persons are going to come for various reasons to hear the word of God. They're going to come in curiosity about Jesus Christ. They're going to come uh, with all kinds of ideas about what it means to have a relationship of faith. Uh, but the reality is that all, all those things, uh, the effectiveness of the word taking root in our lives has to really do with uh, whatever those things, with things within us that have to be el eliminated to prepare the soil to be good. I think it's interesting in this parable that uh, all of these factors, the sower obviously in this parable you know, ideally would have had to prepare the ground, would have had to know the kind of soil that he's sowing. He's just sowing seeds. There's nothing wrong with this. Never loses anything wrong with the seeds. The conditions of growth are contingent upon where they land. The conditions wherein the seed lands. It is the soil itself that makes the difference in terms of what grows. And so, all of us, as we kind of think about, examine ourselves, as we think about where we are, uh, the reality is, is that there's nothing wrong with God's seed. It's just what are the conditions within us that allow the word to take root and take hold. Pastor Allen, I really like something that you said, which is this crowd of diverse people, they come for different reasons. More than likely, several of those people in the crowd were Pharisees. The, we know as you go through the Gospels that the Pharisees were often present in the teachings of Jesus, and the purpose was to catch him at his words, to trap him. And you had other people that were there because they've heard that this man heals. There's other people that were there because they hear that this man gives out free bread and fish, right? And then you have those because he, some, he, he talks with authority. I want to hear what he has to say. And the words that he has to say are so radically different to what I have learned from the teachers of the law. And I just think about how sometimes when I approach the Word of God, there are times that I approach the Word of God in a sense of, God, 
Tell me that what I'm doing is okay. Tell me, I feel that this is right, that these actions that I'm taking are right. And then God's word makes it very clear to me that no, they go contrary to what God calls me to do. And there are times when we seek and we even, it's the danger of taking the context, taking scripture out of context. Mm-hmm. We do that. We seek out Bible verses to be able to condemn someone, to be able to prove a point, to be able to win an argument. And that is not what the Word of God is for. We don't come before the Word of God for any of those reasons. And it just made me think of that when you were talking about those diverse crowds. And what you both discussed made me think of another story in the Bible that kind of applies to the the seeds that fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked the, the seeds. Um, it's the story of the rich young man in Mark 10. You know, here you have this, this young person who, who runs up to Jesus and he, he kneels before him and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit inter- eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And the rich young man says, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looking at him, he, he loved him. I mean, Jesus has compassion on everyone. But he says, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But this, this rich young man, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful as he, as he had great possession. Again, it's just the, 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 that's a perfect example of what you've kind of alluded to or talked about and a story in, in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 10 of, of this example of the, the seed that falls among the thorns. That it cannot relinquish all the other things, literally things, in, in his life. I was making a note of, of the... Uh the, the different problems that Jesus gives us in this parable, in this parable, the lack of understanding, mm-hmm. uh, this this idea that the word can be presented, and we're talking, uh, we're talking about the, the kingdom of God, spirituality. Uh, some persons don't really process spirituality; they know the tangible, they know the carnal, uh, and so when you begin to speak spiritually about the things of God, about uh, about the internal life about what it means to, to, to live in submission to God. For many people, that's foreign language because they, they only know how to live in submission to their own mind, their own thoughts, their own desires. And so that can be an obstacle. Uh, it's this idea of the person uh, who has no root and the afflictions that come with the word. They hear the word, they're excited about it. They have a spiritual life. Uh, they're excited about what it means to, to have peace and joy and the fruit of the Spirit within them. But then when their peer group those persons who uh, who they've been uh, running around with and and, uh, and and commiserating with, when they begin to push back against them in this internal change, then what are they likely to do? They're likely to continue in faith or or drop the faith and fall back in with that which is comfortable. And even as you just said, the parable you were mentioning, the word the words and, and the wealth, those concerns and uh, the, the things of this life that are very difficult to release, uh, because we feel that if we give those things up. 
uh, that somehow we're going to lose. But, also, but Jesus also teaches us that, you know, that, that, that it's better for us to, to lose this life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and gain and, and live rather than to try to hold on to this and actually spiritually die. Another, another story that um, I'd kind of looked up that made, that made me think of that applies to the first story, uh, you know, the, the seeds that, that fell on the path and the birds came and uh, devoured them. You know, I think of the, the Ethiopian eunuch mm-hmm. in Acts 8, uh, specifically verses 30 through 38. Here you have this individual that he went, came all the way up from Africa, from Ethiopia, all the way up to Jerusalem, uh, took time off from a very high position in the Ethiopian government to go all the way, not by plane, not by train, but by, by foot or maybe by camel or horseback, all the way up to, to Jerusalem to acquire some, some scrolls uh, of Isaiah. And he's reading these, and God, in his providence, places uh, the, the disciple Philip in the presence of this individual who's reading, who's reading the, the scrolls of the Old Testament, and he says... How, you know, well, Peter, Philip says, um, Philip runs up and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the, the Ethiopian said, how can, I, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading, he goes through what it was. But basically the eunuch said to Philip after Philip explained what it is you're reading, because a lot of people might read the Bible, but they don't understand what it means. I mean, I've, I'll be honest, I've given Bibles to people, and you, and you just think, well, they're going to they're gonna understand it. They're going to grasp every, what it means. No, no, that's what this parable is about the seeds that fell on the path. Yes, they get the Bible, but they don't understand it, and they're devoured, but, you know, they, they don't grasp it. By the lack of understanding. Yeah. It's actually one of the things that um, we are touching on, this kingdom of God. If you notice, uh, the sower, uh, which Jesus explains in this parable, is like a man who brings the message, right? Uh, The sower really doesn't do any work in figuring out where to throw the seed. He simply scatters. Um, It is the job of the seed in combination with the soil that produces a crop. So these parables during this time are being taught to people who understand farming. They understand agriculture. There's some people that uh, don't, they don't understand it. So how could we actually bring this into a, a more, let's say for our, our millennials and our Gen Z's and then whoever's after that and the ones that were born after 2010 and how would you explain this? So let's take social media for example, right? You post something on Facebook and because everything is connected it also comes out on Instagram and on your TikTok and on, I don't know what, Snapchat. Let's say, okay, all those four different ones. And you have different people in different, uh, different areas who get this one thing, it's something very simple, 
and they'll respond differently. Some of them agree with you. Some of them disagree. Some of them disagree vehemently. Uh, some of them argue. Uh, some of them insult you, put you down. This is the response because these different, these people are in, see this in different ways. You simply just put something out. And it's the same thing when we share the word of God. The word of God goes out into the world. And sometimes we, especially when it's our loved ones, we get so hung up and so worried about our loved ones taking this word of God and, 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 and grasping it and making it their own the way that we have. And we, we worry about it and what can I say next and what can I do next? And that's not what the sower does. The sower simply gives the word because it is the Holy Spirit that produces the crop. It is the Holy Spirit that prepares the soil and it is all done in God's time. It is all done in his will. And the one thing that we can assure ourselves with whenever we, we encounter ourselves in that situation where we have friends, uh, loved ones, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children who are not believers, is that you gave the word to them. So that means that you did your thing. Now you grab on to what Isaiah promises, which is, my word does not return empty. You give it to God, because as much as you love your children, your wife, your husband, your siblings, your parents, your friends, God loves them more. And he cares about their salvation even more than you do. And that is the reason why we do not torture ourselves. We simply, like the sower, toss the seed. Be generous with the seed. Be generous with the message of God. Don't pick and choose. Just give it out. I think the critical, the critical part that I, that I am gathering from going through these different examples in the parable is how important it is to be in in God's word, like you're saying, Luce, the, 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 the seed is planted, but it takes the individual and, and the Holy Spirit working, but it's just our being receptive to the word and others helping us share, getting together with others that are in the word, helping guide people um, to understand who Jesus is we're not going to save their soul. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But we can work through them and help encourage people in the Word when they have questions, um, participate in Bible studies. Um, you know, just just be available. But it's the Word, it's the Word that saves, and the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. I was looking at this, and, uh, and this is just a quick caveat because I know we're coming to the end. Uh, it's interesting the parable talks about the sower and the mindset of this whole idea of, of agriculture is that someone uh, obviously would have hopefully prepared the ground. And so if you kind of even expand your mindset a little bit, perhaps uh, this is a hired sower. And so the sower's job is just to, to do the sowing. Uh, and so one of the things that this, this parable points to 
is the fallacy of what I would call the lure of production-minded ministry. We live in a, in a time where persons are very much interested in numbers. Uh, and and, and we, we judge ourselves on the basis of how many people show, how many people we can say, we, quote, unquote, we've con- converted. And the reality is that, that God is the one who prepares hearts. And so it's our job to, to be faithful in our sowing uh, and not focus on numbers because he says here, for the good soil that's there, that's going to produce. Our job is simply to, uh, to focus on the hearts that are there and do what God has blessed us to be able to do. Very good. Well, thank you, everyone. Luce, do you have anything? Anybody else have anything to add before we go out to a close? We're, 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 we're running in out a of time. We're with a lot of people. Um, we invite you to stay with us. This is our third episode, and we've got more to come. And we are so hopeful, so hopeful that the sowing that takes place, that God will produce what is necessary. And we thank you. We thank you for joining us and for being with us during this time. And we just, we just pray that all of these words that you've heard bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together. Um, um, we, we, we pray for each person that's out there listening that the Holy Spirit um, just consumes them. Um, we pray that they are drawn to your word and to your amazing love and to this wonderful kingdom of God. Um, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. To keep learning more about Amen. God's Word, join us at San Pablo Lutheran Church located at 301 South Chutes in El Paso, Texas. Or call us at 915-858-2588. To learn more about our ministries, visit our website www.ylm.org.